welcome to talc teaching and learning consultation skills this is the talc talks podcast helping everyone who sees patients to improve their consultation skills to get better outcomes and this approach can even increase your job satisfaction This podcast specifically concerns the module called Talc Effective Methods for Teaching Consultation Skills. This concerns the chapter called Helping Participants to Get on Board with Consultation Skills Education. Building basic concepts is very important when we're thinking about consultation skills education. And I'm always reminded of the question, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer, of course, is one bite at a time. So this particular chapter doesn't address sections of the consultation directly, rather it introduces some key ideas, the ideas on which consultation skills learning is really based. We have to think about the attitudinal issues for people who are wishing to develop more effective skills. And this chapter helps to articulate the differences between the tasks of the consultation, that is to say, what we're trying to achieve, and the processes of the consultation, which is how are the tasks going to be done? In other words, what skills are necessary for successful achievement of the tasks? Educators should work on these issues very early in consultation skills training, and these discussions can be repeated with benefit. As participants increase their own understanding and gain more experience, they like to go back to these issues and think about them again. A lot happens in an effective consultation. When participants compare their own developing skills with those of their trainer or teacher, they may feel a bit daunted. They think this is too difficult to learn. Or they may, in contrast, simply assume that their trainer is naturally good with people. Both of these ideas tend to mean that people don't focus on learning consultation skills effectively because they either think it's too difficult or they think it just comes naturally. This chapter helps educators to think about how to help participants understand the consultation more deeply and how to set about developing their skills. The aim is to help participants understand what a map or model of the consultation actually is by giving them an opportunity to reflect on consultations they've experienced themselves so that they use those real life experiences to develop their own map or model of how a consultation is structured. This is so that they will acquire a practical and personal understanding of the tasks of the consultation. When they understand the tasks required, participants can more easily reflect on how these can be done. In other words, they start to appreciate what skills are needed to carry out the necessary tasks. Doing this helps participants to understand how the consultation is not just about being a good doctor and knowing your medicine, and it's not just about being a naturally good person with other people, but it's also about developing an effective relationship with the patient and progressing through the tasks of the consultation in an effective and structured way. Developing this understanding helps develop the key attitudes and values that make for effective consultations. A successful approach will emphasise accurate listening, skilled information gathering, effective relationship building and explanations that empower patients and clinicians towards achieving effective management plans. The crucial attitudinal change for many participants is to place full value on what matters to the patient, not simply on what is the matter with the patient. In other words, going beyond simply making a medical diagnosis, but being able to take into account the patient's own perspective on things. Beginning to understand that the consultation has different phases or tasks can also help to understand how the different skills can be developed. 
If you think about it, the skills used to build rapport at the start of the consultation are not really quite the same as the skills of using statements, open and closed questions appropriately so that information gathering is effective. Similarly, the skills of explanation and planning are not quite the same as the skills of closing the consultation. This understanding is crucial because it helps participants to understand that skills can be developed systematically, one at a time. If you've developed and embedded your skills in rapport building and agenda setting, this will naturally lead on to developing better information gathering skills and so on. The highly complex consultation is thus divided into manageable chunks that can be addressed one bite at a time, just like an elephant perhaps. So how can educators start to think about giving these ideas and attitudes a chance to be explored with participants? It's often really helpful to explore what they already know about consultation skills and what learners' experiences of training in this area have been like so far. Sometimes such training has seemed irrelevant. It's often completely ignored by hospital colleagues, or sometimes participants feel consultation skills is just full of jargon, like ice. They may experience ideas such as patient-centeredness to be a bit airy-fairy, or in contrast, just what everybody does already. Previous training might have involved quite humiliating exposure of video consultations, or awkward role-play that seems pointless or silly. Some participants say things like that they are confused by all the different consultation models, or it's too difficult to use all the consultation models at once. This indicates a fundamental misunderstanding of what a consultation model is and needs further exploration. It is important to not just explore these attitudes, but to empathise with them as well. Some training has been humiliating or pointless. Some training is rather unskilled in the way it's delivered. This is bound to put people off. At the same time, the educator must not collude in accepting inaccurate ideas about what consultation skills are for and how to learn them better. The aim of the discussion is to help the learner appreciate that models and maps of the consultation are convenient ways to classify the different tasks of the consultation and as a result of that to clarify which skills are needed for each different task. The aim of a model is to put across the idea that consultation skills can be learnt systematically in ways that accumulate expertise over time. A further important idea is to introduce the concept that the consultation is a field of academic study, just as much as the hypertension guidelines, for example. It would be very unusual for somebody to try and do their AKT without even looking at the guidelines, whereas people seem to often think they're going to pass their CSA or their recorded skills assessment without really reading a consultation skills textbook. There's a lot of academic literature and a lot of research done about the effective use of consultation skills and expertise in this area can make consultations shorter and definitely more effective. This is less stressful and leads to greater satisfaction from patients, but it does have an academic background that needs to be studied. And I think this will help trainees to improve their consultation skills if they refer to the literature. One way into this is to ask if the learners or participants have ever consulted a doctor or nurse or similar professional themselves. Most people have, although some very young and healthy people hardly ever see a doctor and they might need to reflect on a visit to another kind of professional such as a lawyer, a financial advisor, an architect or perhaps even a dentist. Ask the learner to reflect for a few moments about a specific consultation they had and what they considered went well or what could have been improved. It's not the content of the consultation which is at issue, and we're not going to discuss that specific issue. What's to be pondered is how the consultation went, what made it work well, and what made it not work well. 
Participants should do this in groups or as individual discussions, and the educator should do the same thing. Afterwards, either in pairs or one-to-one in a tutorial, discuss what you think were the strengths and weaknesses of the consultations. If things went badly for some reason, discuss what kinds of behaviour could have made things better on the part of the doctor or other professional. List the features that make for an effective consultation, for example, good introductions or the opportunity to ask questions. Then using a large piece of paper in pairs, ask the learner to construct what they think would be a good model for effective consultations, drawing on the strengths and features they've already identified. This should begin at the start of the consultation and end when the patient leaves the room. Have a debriefing discussion by showing that the learner themselves has already constructed a model of the consultation. Explain that all the other consultation models are quite similar. They're maps, maps of the same thing just as there can be different kinds of maps of a country or different maps of a city, there can be different maps of the consultation. The city is not the same as the map. The consultation is not the same as the model. The model is just a way into learning further about what you're looking at. It's really important to re-emphasise at this point that the tasks of the consultation can be distinguished from the skills that are needed to complete that task. Emphasise how a systematic approach, learning the skills in order and with feedback, will result in improved skills, much less stress, and actually success in examinations too. The next chapter to consider in this module might be effective methods for teaching consultation skills, am I nearly there yet? This chapter concerns skills for receiving and giving effective feedback. Finally, use the opportunity to review the resources that clinicians are using to support their learning. Do they own a suitable textbook, for example, Skills for Communicating with Patients by Kurt Silverman and Draper? There are many other suitable textbooks and they're listed in the resources section. Encourage them to buy and actually read a book, particularly to read it in small sections, not not attempting to read it all the way through. Check out if they're using internet resources, because many things on the internet are not appropriate and many are frankly inaccurate about the way skills should be practised. It can be worth referring participants to the TALC modules, which are useful for everybody. This podcast was brought to you by NHS Professional Educators, making training available to all.